While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Um, so joining us now is New Bedford City Councilor at Large, Ian Abreu. Hey, Ian, how are you? Hi, Marcus. Good evening. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, I'm interested in your perspective uh, on on the State of the City address. Um, so overall, just your overall impressions. I know you've been to a few State of the Cities before. I've said before, I kind of like how New Bedford has a little bit more pageantry to it than the other cities. Um, what's your overall impression of the of the event as a whole? Well, yeah, uh, you're correct. Uh, not only eight years now as a city councilor, but going back to the last 10 years uh, in my now former role uh, as a director of business for the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, so going, you know, working it uh, as a staffer of the chamber, but also going as an elected official. You're right. Um, you know, believe it or not, the New Bedford State of the City Address is the second largest State of the City Address, attendance-wise, behind the city of Boston, uh, because you're right. We do put on the, I guess you want to call it maybe the dog and pony show, but there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that pomp and circumstance and the ROTC and the music and the national anthem and all of that. I think it's great. Um, I, I do, too. Um, so... I mean, of course, at a state of the union or a state of the commonwealth or a state of the city, um, it's sort of a, I guess, a, um, a public relations uh, half an hour of a speech, and you're going to highlight all of the good and great things in your community, as you should. Yeah. Um, I thought the speech was fine. Uh, I had no problem with it. Um, I think the mayor touched on a lot of the points that um, would I have written it the same way? No, but I'm not the same person as John Mitchell. But I think he hit on a lot of the key points. Are you looking to write it the same way next year? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's too, e uh, too easy, Ian. But, too easy. <laughs> it, it was. I walked into that, didn't I? But, but uh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, in all candor, um, he talked about uh, the economic development resurgence of the community coming out of the pandemic and yeah. uh, the work we did last year to get the American Resource Plan Act. Uh, funding, get, getting that deal done. Talks about, I, I commend him for addressing the police and public safety staffing shortage issue. He didn't have to touch upon it, but he did. Um, you know, and I think that was important because we are up against it. We're trying our best, and there's a lot of things that we've done as far as recruitment goes, but I think we need to beef it up as far as retention goes uh, to uh, further um, respect and keep those who have been working here for years throughout the pandemic, but he did talk about that. I appreciated uh, the fact that he sort of really uh, doubled down on the constituent service side of things. And you know me, I'm a constituent service guy with the uh, with, with the unveiling of the 311 uh, Yeah, what, what's your what's your take uh, on that? Because you are that's that's I mean every yeah. every city council has to be a constituent service person, but I know that's something you've prided yourself mm -hmm. on. So um, I know yeah. your, your phone's well, always ringing off the hook. So what's your thoughts well, on the 311? Well, it's funny, uh, a couple of constituents who are really in the know, and one of whom, you know, is very involved in my campaign, said, wow, you think this is going to cut down on reaching out to counselors for constituent service? And I've, I've received a few calls about it. And my answer has been no, and I'll tell you why. Um, 
we have the C-Click Fix app right now with the DPI uh, to fill, to talk about potholes, to, to address um, mm-hmm. uh, street lights out, things like that. And the reality is constituents still want that human touch. They still want to call yeah. the counselor. Hey, this is what's going on. Can you make a call? Can you help me out? And mm-hmm. the answer is yes, I can. And yes, we will help you out. So uh, I commend uh, us trying to get ahead of technology with the 311. I think it's a tool. But I still believe that constituents are going to call myself or another counselor to get their constituent service needs filled. I mean, because don't forget, I mean, some of these things on black and white. I have a pothole, fill it. Some yeah. Well, Ian, you're cutting out a little bit. Coming out better. Hello. Yep. Did you're I good now. You? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm you're, sorry. For a second. No, I. What I was saying is, some constituents are going to maybe uh, want us to walk them through the abatement process, or they want to know about the conservation process, or I need to go file for a zoning board of appeals variance. How do I do that? Who do I speak to? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that through three one one. So um, right. I still think there's going to be a great need to call a city councilor to get those constituent services met. So we're speaking with New Bedford City Councilor at Large, Ian Abreu, responding to some of the state of the city, uh, what Mayor Mitchell said in the state of the city address. So um, one of the things that he highlighted, the 3011, that was one of his big announcements. Um, basically, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hotline for constituent services. But um, uh, the other thing that he had highlighted, and we all in the media got a little booklet uh, on it, I was reading some of it last night on the air, uh, is the uh, basically the standard of appearance, which is... Uh, essentially a, a sort of a codified way to try to beautify the city a little bit more. What's your thoughts on that plan and how um, will you play a role in it if, uh, if, if you are going to play a role in it? Are you supportive of it? I am. Uh, we deserve to have nice things in the city of New Bedford. We deserve to have um, you know, nice amenities and have our amenities nice and shiny and clean and tuned up for not only our taxpayers are not constituents for our visitors and folks to this community, uh, whether it's for tourism or for business. So um, there's nothing wrong with wanting a safe and clean community. And it's something that, uh, you know, I've been striving for working with my colleagues and working with the mayor for a long time. And that's why I've been so supportive of things like the Community Preservation Act, because that cleans up blighted properties, blighted green space, those types of initiatives. So any type of um, programming that we can do to really uh, hone in on the beautification and the cleanliness and the health and wellness of this city, it's a good thing. Um, and to me, that's not right-wing politics. That's not left-wing politics. That's not grandstanding. That's common sense stuff. Um, in my opinion, what we do here on the local level, uh, especially counselors and mayors, things of that nature, it's like the broken window theory. And I say that because if you can't take care of the little things, how can you take care of the big things? And I think making sure that our infrastructure and our community is tuned up to its maximum capacity and its cleanliness uh, levels are up to par, I think uh, I think that'll bode well for everybody. So to that point, what I had said last night is I think this would probably require like all of this, a lot of this stuff, most of it. He mentions the city planning department and all that and even residents' role in, in, in working on this. It's, a, it's sort of a hand-in-hand effort, but a lot of this, I think, is going to be buttressed by the DPI, the Department of Public Infrastructure, which does a lot of great work now. And Jamie Pont does a lot of great work. Um, and uh, and they they are um, 
you know, they're basically like, uh, they're, they're kind of typically understaffed, usually under budgeted. Are, is there going to be a greater allocation of resources? And, you know, when you, are you going to think about this plan when it comes to cut night? Because you're nearing budget season. Well, I have never submitted a cut to the Department of Public Infrastructure, nor have I ever voted for a cut to the Department of Public Infrastructure. To me, um, along with our three public safety departments, police, fire, emergency medical, and then right after them is DPI, the Department of Public Infrastructure. Uh, to me, there's secret counts. I've never submitted a cut or voted for a cut for that department. So um, I'm curious to see what the mayor's uh, FY20 for uh, budget presentations going to be to see if he's going to increase the budget of DPI for this initiative because you are correct. It'll be them who has to roll this out. It'll be them who's going to have to have a man and a woman power to get this done. And um, this is only going to get done if they're fully funded and fully staffed. Um, so let's see how this, this rolls out. Um, you know, this is going to be a step-by-step, day-by-day sort of initiative, but uh, my sleeves are literally rolled up. Uh, so I'm ready to get to work to try to see this through any way I can. One of the other uh, obviously hot items is uh, housing. It's it's a, obviously a national crisis, not specific to New Bedford, but still something New Bedford has to address. Actually, the region has to address. And um, so, you know, you voted against the, you were one of the people that voted to sustain Mitchell's veto on the rent control ballot initiative. You think that was the right solution? Uh, he talked about some of the things in housing in, in, his, uh, in, his, in his plan. What do you? Th- uh, what did you think of his comments on housing? What do you think needs to be done going forward? Well, I think the ink is not even dry yet on the comprehensive plan that uh, you know he and, uh, in particular, Josh Emerald were the architects yeah. of, and it's something that I was fully supportive of. Um, if if we're two years down the line and this comprehensive plan is sort of falling flat on its face, then we can talk about some other measures that might be a little more drastic, but. Let's see how this plays out with the city council running up the flank, playing a supportive role. I think that's important. A lot of the things that were mentioned in the comprehensive plan, I'm on the record advocating for, if you listen to the archives of your show even, talking about getting rid of slashing the red tape of getting a special permit to the Zoning Board of Appeals for uh, to build an accessory dwelling unit. This plan calls for that. This plan calls for slashing a lot more of that red tape as it means to development and to increase uh, the onboarding process for workforce and affordable housing units. Those things are so important uh, because you're right. And and we'll go back to the American Resource Plan Act monies that we advocated, only allocated uh, last year. And uh, 85% of the units that are going to be built through uh, the American Resource Plan Act funding mechanism for for housing is going to be uh, uh, slated to go towards workforce and or affordable housing units. 85% of these units are going to go right into the right into the wheelhouse of what we're trying to hit to make sure folks don't get displaced. But there's a lot of work that uh, remains to be done. Um, Josh Amaral is fully committed, and uh, you don't need me to talk about Josh Amaral because he comes on your show, he comes on the station, he talks about his resume and his agenda, but he and I chat often. And I have full faith in him and his department and the team that he has in place there. And I'm going to continue to support them uh, legislatively, fiscally, to make sure that he and his team have all the resources they need to try to not only uh, ensure that folks don't get displaced to live here, but we continue. And I'm going to say it again for a third time, 
flash and cut that proverbial red tape, whether it's through the planning board, the zoning board of appeals, or our building commissioner's office to make sure that developers want to come to New Bedford and they can see that there's an easy path for them in the sense of let's get these buildings erected, let's get these housing units online, let's fill a need, and let's make sure that these things are done and they're and they're completed uh, within a reasonable timeline, done so safely, of course, but we need to make sure that folks have a house here in New Bedford and a place to or a domicile to, to hang their hat in, and um, it's a very important initiative. And uh, as you mentioned, this is a nation and even a worldwide problem, but it doesn't mean New Bedford certainly can't be ahead of the curve and maybe be a trendsetter. So, Ian, um, one of the things that, you know, when Mitchell was in the scrum, I, g- I got to ask him a question. There, a lot of questions were about the state of the city, but a lot of them were, were towards this uh, lawsuit that he's that his office has floated against the MBTA. We had Chris Markey on Wednesday. He had had some comments. Uh, Mont- uh, Montigny had sent me some comments on the record. Uh, you know, I uh, we t- I talked to Bill Strauss. He had had some quotes in the Boston Globe. Um, uh, I talked to Tony Cabral today. He had a different opinion from the rest of the delegation. But um, uh, you, uh, I had Hendricks on at, at seven uh, earlier today. They, they're all most of them are, are, are pretty upset about this lawsuit uh, or this potential lawsuit. What's your position on it? Do I think that that New Bedford probably may have gotten a little bit shorted on the fair market value for the Wales Tooth parking lot and property? Sure, uh, I know the mayor is telling folks, and he told me that it's uh, uh, allegedly appraised at around. $89 million is what he had said, and the city was only paid out $400,000. Um, so, of course, if you represent the taxpayers, right, like we all do, you want to make sure that uh, we get fair market value for the taking of the land by the MBTA. But also, too, when you look at it, I think this is a middle ground here, and I'll tell you why. Remember, this was the state's property at one point. The state gave it to the city of New Bedford, and then the state took it back. The state and MBTA, they're all lumped in one, six and one half a dozen in the other when you mentioned the MBTA and the state. You know, they're also being good stewards with us and good partners with us. Need I remind the mayor and everyone else and yourself, and I know you know this, the MBTA and the state just forked over $20 million to the city of New Bedford to build that brand new yeah. pedestrian bridge with all the bells and whistles lit up with the elevator and the whole nine yards. So I think the state's also being good corporate and community stewards with us as well. Um, did we get shortchanged? Maybe a little bit. Sure. I mean, if that's what the valuation of the property is. But the state's also pitching in $20 million gratis to the New Bedford property taxpayers to get this brand-new state-of-the-art bridge erected, for which um, I voted and I actually made the motion uh, for us to adopt it when it was before us a few months ago. and. Uh, you know, the council passed it and we had to do it in rather short order because the time was ticking away on it. Uh, so uh, I think there's a ground to be, to be had here. And uh, I've hit to see this play out before. Uh, a reporter from 86 had asked that if I was going to. I said, I hope I get to that point. And, and, and I really hope this doesn't impede the final arrival of the South Coast Rail train, because we waited over 40 years for this. This goes back to Governor Wells. Or was it 1991? Governor Wells said, if you don't get your rail, you can sue me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the famous line that he said. But, um, you know, the reality is that um, Bedfordites and South Coast residents, um, and especially in Fall River and New Bedford, 
we're the largest metro or mini metro cities in the entire state with no commuter rail access to the capital. We've been disproportionately uh, affected by this for decades, and I would really uh, be hard on any type of litigation put a, uh, 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 you know, hamstrung this development because we are slated to get it by December of 2023. I think there's the middle ground to be found here. I think that maybe the state can work with us a little bit more uh, on the fair market value. Does it have to be litigated? I don't think it does. I think this is a discussion maybe that can be had between city officials, the Healy Driscoll administration, who especially... You know how I feel about uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Driscoll. I mean, she gets it as far as municipal affairs. I think you got her to the table, and you got the MBTA folks and Mass Dot to the table, and we discuss these issues with our delegation, with the council, and a collaborative approach. I think maybe there'd be some middle ground to be had here. That's my opinion. Um, I see where the mayor's coming from, but maybe, not maybe, I would have handled it a little bit differently. So we're speaking with uh, New Bedford City Councilor at Large, Ian Avery. One of the things, actually, going back to that, that state of the city really quick, uh, I know Mayor Mitchell had mentioned to you specifically when you were in council president last year, um, sort of ushering uh, through that spending of the $65 million allocation in ARPA. Um, can you just talk about that a little bit? Well, it was a lot of work to get done, but um, I was pleased to be the president last year to work with the mayor and uh, my colleagues, especially uh, the finance chairman, Brad Markey, um, to work on getting that done because that was important. We wanted to get that money um, uh, into the city coffers so we could start infusing it into the community like the mayor mentioned it the other day, mentioned the facade program to help uh, tune up and beef up small businesses to increase and impress and uh, enhance their frontage and their, um, their vinyl siding and their signage out front. I think that was great. I mean, when, for example, when we first came out with the facade program under the small business section of the American Resource Plan Act money, um, uh, what we had set aside were grants and, alloc- and allotted forms of $40,000 up to a maximum folks could apply for to receive uh, to redo the frontage of their business. After a couple of months, we had noticed that the applications were slowly rolling in, a little too slow for our liking. So myself and Ward 2 Councilor Maria Giesta uh, literally walked the Kushnet Avenue, and I walked around the South End, and Councilor Pereira did the same thing, and some others did as well. And the feedback we had received was $40,000 is great, but here's the caveat that's the problem 25% match of the 40000 So 25% of 40000 is $10,000. So these small businesses, I'm a small business owner now, Marcus, I can't afford $10,000 off the rip. So these guys and gals were saying, we can't afford the 10000 to get 40000 We don't have the money. So Maria Giester and I and a few others went back to the mayor and said, hey, look, it's a good idea in, in, in theory, but this isn't working. Here's the deal. So in working with the mayor in that bipartisan fashion, which he mentioned uh, the other day, we were able to slice off that 25% match. And now, uh, as a result of that, the first $10,000 that folks get for the grant, they can get it uh, without any match. So that was a huge score for the business community, and I was proud to play uh, a little bit of a role in that. So uh, we're speaking with New Bedford City Councilor at Large, Ian Abreu. Um, Ian, you, you mentioned Silmo, and you've run some uh, promos here with us. I know you were at New Bedford Day down in Florida with Phil. 
paleologus um, with Silmo syrup. You just hit a major, uh, I saw on your Instagram, you just hit a major milestone, I think, with the development of, or the, the reemergence of Silmo syrup. Uh, um, can you tell us more about that? Sure. Uh, thank you. Uh, we've hit two in one week, actually. It was a great week for Silmo. Uh, we are now available um, in every Shaw's supermarket location as far west as Cranston and Warwick, Rhode Island, all the way down to, obviously, the Dartmouth, New Bedford location, all the way down to the Cape to East Falmouth. So that's 14 total locations, or 15 total locations of Shaw's. And as of next week, we're going to be going north. We'll be hitting the Brockton, Canton stores. We'll be out as far as Hanson and uh, Hanover. So happy about that. And also, as of today, uh, we are in every Siabra uh, foods grocery store. Uh, folks might know it as the Portuguese and Brazilian specialty grocery store, sure. uh, but we're, we're in every Siabra uh, location from Cumberland, Rhode Island to Attleboro through Fall River all the way down to New Bedford. So uh, it was a good week for Sulmo, but you know, it's one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, and uh, we're going to keep working and plugging away. And uh, there'll be other grocery store chains coming in in about a week or so, and we'll make those announcements uh, when it's appropriate. So we're speaking with uh, New Bedford uh, City Council at large, Ian Abreu. Ian, I appreciate you joining me. Before I let you go, um, I've been asking everybody this. What's your favorite TV show? Right now, new or all time? Well, both. Okay. So all time, I'd have to say probably eh, for comedy, it's The Office. For yeah. drama, I'd say Breaking Bad. I oh, love it. Uh, yeah, that those are my two my my two go tos, and I'll be honest with you. Nowadays, for new shows, I really don't watch much live TV now. I okay. mean, I'm so busy. I when I do watch live TV, I watch sports. Right? I I'm yelling at my TV at the Bruins, <laughs> blowing the game seven. Ugh, um, painful. I, I'm yelling. I'm yelling at Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart for taking too many crazy threes. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm yelling at Mac Jones for being Mac Jones, and that's what I do for now for my live TV. And uh, but I appreciate you having me on, and uh, and to all the folks who are actually listening to me right now and not watching the Celtics, you guys are the real troopers. I'll tell you that. Well, what's your finals prediction then? Well, I got to be honest with you. I would love a Celtics Lakers rematch. Me too. Both have both have seventeen titles. Yes, on the line. Yes. It'd be amazing with so, LeBron, LeBron and his history with the Celtics and all that. That it'd be amazing. It, 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 that yeah, would be no, great. I think that would be cool. That's what my heart tells me. Yeah, my brain tells me. I don't know something. Something about this Knicks team. I don't know what's going yeah. on. They, they're playing great, and I kind of like the Denver Nuggets too. I, I like you know Jochik's really coming into his own. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I got there, the Nuggets. Sure. Yeah, I got the Nuggets winning the. Uh, I actually think the Celtics will. I think the Celtics will win the win the East. I, I got the Nuggets winning the West, and I, I, I like the Nuggets. Um, well, all, from, all, all my final picks. Is, all the Celtics have to do is get a split in Philly, and I'll be happy. We'll see how it goes. They, Absolutely. You know, I, I jumped out to call you at the half. They were up by ten points. So. Yep, they're up. Uh, they're up six now. So, uh, you know. Oh boy! Yeah, here we go. It's going to be a close one. <laughs> Ian, thanks so much thanks for joining me. Bye. Have a great weekend. Talk soon. That was New Bedford City Councilor at Large, Ian Abreu. We're going to take a break. 508-996-0500.
evening. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. Happy Friday. Happy Cinco de Mayo. I'm Marcus Ferro. Uh, that was John Mayer again. I promised I'd play more John Mayer uh, music as bumper music uh, from the album Continuum. I had uh, neglected to do so, and so I'll, I'll make up for it in the back end of the show. I'm here till 10. I'm taking your calls at 508-996-0500. That's how you can join me. We can take your messages on the WBSM app as well. I want to thank New Bedford City Councilor at Large, Ian Aber, for joining me uh, this evening um, and joining me. I mean, when basically whenever <laughs> I ask him to, uh, he's always made himself uh, available. And uh, I think that's an important hallmark uh, of being an elected official is um, steady, consistent media availability. So I want to thank Ian Abreu uh, for joining us. You know, I mentioned I made a little offhanded comment about maybe uh, making that state of the city address next year uh, because, you know, he's obviously going to be if, you know, depending on whether or not Mayor Mitchell jumps, uh, stays in or whether or not he, you know, what he's going to do. Ian Abreu is obviously going to be floated as a contender for the um, mayor's race uh, with it up for election this year. Um, I think if it becomes open, you're going to see a lot more people jump in. He's going to be one of them. Um, I think anybody in the city council is really a contender. You know, you look at obviously Council President Morad's run before. I think uh, Council uh, Councilor Gomes. Uh, has run for mayor before he would be, he would be a contender as well. Um, and any city councilor, right? Anybody that's gotten votes uh, from people in the city uh, would be a contender for the mayor's job. We're still waiting on what to see what New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell's going to do. But, um, you know, Scott Lang is obviously uh, somebody that people have floated as well. Um, uh, former mayor Scott Lang, I think, he would uh, obviously be a very, very strong contender, uh, maybe the strongest contender, if he had jumped, if he jumps into the race, because um, I think he's generally, uh, I think people get a good vibe with uh, with former Mayor Lang. I get a good vibe with former former Mayor Lang. We got to get him back in actually soon um, to uh, to to give us some of his uh, Friday night fun. Um, so we'll we'll do that sometime in the uh, in the near future. But until then, I'm joined by you at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. The, 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 I don't know what, you know, I, I assume, I, I'm not sure, you know, I made a comment, he didn't give, didn't really, you know, he, he was, uh, of course, noncommittal to that, um, but it's something that I think, you know, someone like Ian is probably thinking about as the number one vote getter in the city, building up a, a pretty steady war chest, so I think it's something he's probably uh, at least thinking about, and I think there's other members of the council that are thinking about it as well. State Rep Tony Cabral obviously would be a serious contender. Um, you know, he had ran against Mayor Mitchell as well, and and had uh, and had uh, was a pretty tight race. Maria Giesta, of course, uh, ran against Mayor Mitchell as well. So anybody in the city council could be a contender for that race. But we're still waiting to see what uh, New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell is going to do. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Good evening. How's it going? Oh, okay. Uh, just listening in, uh, you know, uh, if there's anybody that could give John Mitchell a run and would represent a different point of view, of course, is Scott Lang. Yeah. That's, that's the only person I think that could, you know, give the mayor a run for his money. All the others, uh, to me, would fall short because Scott Lang has a different view of where the city should go. And again, he's got his uh, law practice, so chances are, I don't think that's going to happen. But he does have a different view, and it would give voters a different, you know, a different look at the direction the city should go in. As far as Mayor 
Mitchell running again, I think after the State of the City uh, address the other day, I think he's definitely running. I would be very surprised if he uh, ran away from this now after uh, the, uh, the the great political speech he gave the uh, the other day. Even that 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 standard of appearance plan and all that that's not something. I just feel like it's not something you propose if you're, you know, if, if you're leaving, if yeah. you're going to walk away from no, it. No, no, no. He's he's around to stay unless something came up like, uh, like I, I always point out, maybe uh, you know, Maura Healy would appoint him to be a judge, and, and yeah. that would be an offer he couldn't refuse. Judge, you know, judges. I'll tell you, uh, it's it's. I I don't know if that suits him. Um, Former prosecutor, come on. Well, well, no, he's, he's certainly. I know you. I'm, like not qua- judge, I'm, not, but... I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not qualified. I'm not saying he's not qualified. No, but he's he would very be a qualified. conservative, uh, probably law and order type judge, and uh, you know, uh, not be a liberal judge. That sort of thing. I think from listening to him in the past. Yeah. Well, even uh, in that speech, uh, I think he'd made some interesting comments uh, about policing in general. Um, you know, one of the comments I thought, and I hadn't mentioned this, but. Uh, one of the things he had talked about in terms of like some of the some of the um, uh, let's say n- more negative attitudes that have come out with the uh, against uh, policing with the George Floyd and all of that and some of the protests and you know he had said his comment was you know when those when those views or when those like hostilities run their course uh, which I thought was a really interesting thing to say but I think it essentially is like yeah when they just you know move on from when people move on from those. Uh, negative attitudes and negative perspectives. I, I thought that was interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. One other point I'd like to make, and I hope Ian Abu was listening. I don't know what he can do about it, though, but city council really dropped the ball with the uh, grant to uh, get us some help with the water bill. Mm. I talked with uh, Council Morad a couple of weeks ago about, uh, gee, we got May now, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Can you do anything to throw the taxpayer a bone yeah. and, and apply for this grant so at least your, tax, your water bill will go down a little bit? I know, I know, I understand the, the idea behind it, and they're under a federal decree to do this, but they really, really, really dropped the ball on this. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she basically told me your uh, tax, I mean, your water bill is going to go a double. Yeah. Hey, too bad. Yeah. Know? And that's not an answer to give, to give somebody. I think she should have said to me, uh, we're going to do everything we can to try to see if we can get that grant and give the, uh, you know, the taxpayers of New Bedford and, uh, a, a little break with water bills and stuff like that. You know, uh, and, and again, I'd I, I take anything. Mercy, mercy, mercy. That's what, I, that's what I'm looking for, some mercy here. And not just, well, that's the way it is, and see you later. That, it was sort of, I wouldn't say flippant, but... You know, I, I and, and to all the city councils, if your neighbor was listening, uh, a constituent service, help us with these water bills so that it isn't double. You know, I know my water bill the other day was $40 uh, for the quarter there or whatever the month. And what, I got to have an $80 water bill now, you know? Yeah. No, I, 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 you know, I, I get, I, I do, I do, I, I, I get that. Um, I, I think that it is something that the council definitely dropped the ball, uh, dropped the ball on because everybody. Oh, big time! Well, take responsibility and, and try to fix it. You've got uh, a lot of this year, as far as I'm concerned: May, June, July, August, September, October, November. You know, do something with that. That's something that you could probably do something with if you get on it but if you just say to me oh i know your voice and uh, i've heard you before and say well no it's going to go up it's going to double up you know, have a nice day you know <laughs> and again i'm Whoopsie. not against linda morat she's a real smart person uh you know but uh you know uh, hey help 
you know, I need somebody help. Not just anybody help. I need someone help me, you know, please, you know, and uh, at least give us a little break if, if you can, that sort of stuff. You know? And uh, I, I hope it's not like in Fairhaven, uh, uh, the $20, $27 fee charge to pay by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's something the, the again, I think it's like a third party fee charge. Yeah, thing. I know. I, yeah. I hope New Bedford doesn't pick up on that one. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, please, uh, you know, mercy again. Uh, right. You know, with times are real tough and. Uh, this, this, so many. This is something to me that the council, you know, if you as a constituent service, you could help everybody, not just one person, right? You know, and and you know, okay, if so, my water bill isn't going to be eighty bucks; it'll be uh, instead of forty bucks, fifty bucks. Okay, uh, you know, uh, alleviate some of this uh, this amount of money that we got to pay and all this sort of stuff. But going back to the mayor's race, the only person that has a possible chance. And it's still an outside chance of defeating John Mitchell is Scott Lang because mm. he's got a different view. The rest of them, you know, uh, 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 Brian Gomes, I kind of like him in the council because he's like the old Willie Saltzman watchdog. If there's something that's out of whack, he's going to bring it out, that sort of stuff. I, I, I Nothing against Brian, but I don't see him as an administrator. I, I've always thought about that when, when, uh, when, some, when some elected officials, not just here but anywhere, they try to move up because uh, they've been in a certain place for a long time. And, and that, that, is, that is actually, I've, I've literally said that, like, people like you where you are, right, in a lot of cases. Like, people like you there. They don't necessarily like you over there. They like you in the job that you have. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they yeah, can yeah. call him Grandstand Gomes and everything, but he brings out things at times. And, he does. You know, and points out, hey, For this sure. is wrong, what's going on, and, you know, this, that, the other. And uh, he's very good at that, you know. And uh, so, you know, I, I like seeing him in that position. And again, I'm not against Councilor Morad. She's an intelligent person, and uh, again, she's supposed to know the ropes when it comes to uh, money and stuff like that. From her position as a banking, I think, in the past and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm sure she understands that. And uh, uh, again, uh, you know, I I, I like uh, Shane Burgo. He's hit the ground running. Yes. he may have made a faux pas by not you know doing his due diligence, but he's a freshman. Uh, I, I like the way Shane has. Um Move the conversation forward on yes, housing, though, because yes, he definitely yes, has. Yes, and, sure. and, and even for Ryan uh, Pereira, I'd say too, uh, for a, for a young counselor, you know, he's he's hit the ground running too. Maybe not as uh, overt and out there as Burgo, but uh, you know, I, I watch the uh, mm-hmm. the, the uh, proceedings when I can on the cable when they do come up, and uh, he's he's been impressive for a first year freshman uh, uh, counselor. The other thing that's sad too is that the. Uh, the cable company doesn't take more of a a thing with the city council. Like I heard the, this one, and I guess that there was no voice on the uh, on the, uh, the, the uh, council meeting to deal with the uh, questions. You know that they, they they didn't get any sound. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard Yikes. this morning. I know. <laughs> oh, man. You, you gotta be kidding me! Uh. And again, since you guys, uh, you know, had the. Uh, the mayor also with his speech right on uh, radio, so I could listen to it live. Well, 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 but this is the 21st century. We can't the, get the cable company the, that gives us very little for our money the, 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 to put them on and the, live on TV, so you could actually see it. In fairness, the cable company did. Um, the cable company did live stream that 
actually. They well, live I'm not a live stream guy. I pay $50 for cable, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, And, yeah. Uh, you know, and I can't get this? You know, come on. You know, I, I can't cut them any slack. They got a monopoly. And, uh, you know, Jim Marshall's a nice guy, and uh, so he, but he works for them, so he's got to... I, I like Jim. Jim's, yeah, Jim's a, a nice listener. Guy. Jim listens. Yeah, and he, but but again, he's he's got you know, and I know he's going to answer to his bosses and everything. But this this idea that they have such a difficult time to to get this on, and hey, we've you know we've sent people to the moon and back, and now we're looking on Mars and stuff like that. And it's the twenty first century. Let's get some of this stuff on TV so you can watch it live. You know, mm. not streamings. You know, but but live on. I'm paying. The cable company who has a monopoly, and, and to me, uh, they, they they don't you know really uh, uh, do public service as they should do, and I think they're supposed to do by their uh, charter or contract, whatever they got the city to bring these things to the people like you guys are doing. And, and you guys, I think, are being very successful for doing it on radio. Yeah, okay? I mean, the thing is, is, you know, we were able to, I think, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, just okay. in fairness. We, we, they did live stream that speech, and we were actually able to use their live stream to carry the speech because we had some technical issues uh, going on. We, we, we would never... Long and short of it is, they didn't have the setup for us at the at the uh, at the event. So we we um so we we had a we had used their live stream feed to to carry the speech. That was all our alternative. Otherwise, we would have had the um we would have set up our own mic and all that all yeah. that stuff. We were able we were able we weren't able to do that. So yeah, I think it's something that they'll 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 work on. They'll eventually get. Yeah. Well, again. Uh... <laughs> When is eventually? I'm not trying to be critical of you, Marcus. I, I but when it. is eventually going to be there? You know that sort of stuff. You can keep. Oh yeah, yeah, we're working. Come on, we're not talking about rocket science here. You know this is what they're into. And again, I put on PRO at night, and and it shows a, a live feed from the city council, and they excerpt excerpt excerpted a little a little bit from the uh, uh, from the city. Now that's a Providence station doing it. They're right in town, and they can't do it. You know, in the city. It's ridiculous, you know, and again, uh, that too for the money I'm paying for, just basic cable. But I don't care if I get uh, 300 channels or uh, or 50 channels. Uh, uh, again, a lot of what they have I'm not interested in. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, I hate to say it, but it's crap, you know. Like, yeah. uh, I, I do watch the PBS programs and the news programs, which I enjoy, and when I can figure out or i happen to be flipping through the channels when i can get to see uh, a city council meeting or something yes i watch it it, it keeps keeps me informed as, a, as a voter yeah. and that should be one of their primary things to do as a monopolistic cable company that has the, the license to, to to run the cable in this city you know and it would certainly they'd be doing a public service by doing it which i think they're supposed to be required to do but nobody holds them to you know to task on any of this stuff you know so Oh, uh, well, you know, again, I'm an old guy, and I know you're into streaming, and I call it yap chatting and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, radio to me is me or somebody else talking to you. I, that, that's, that's what the media is, is to have people talk and to ask questions and have people, uh, you know, uh, respond to it. And, again, you go to the yap chatting, again, not being critical. I'm an old guy, okay? And uh, to me, that's not that live thing that you get with uh you know, call in radio, that sort of thing. I mean, I always, I, I appreciate the people at AppChat, but I always do prefer the calls. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. It's, it's, again, it's live. It's not, well, here's what this guy says. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, uh, I, I know these are the things for the future generations and stuff, but radio is basically radio. And I, yeah. I think what you want to do is poise a question and get responses from the audience. Absolutely. And not, not have me go on and on, so I'll stop now. <laughs>
I appreciate the call. Thank okay, you very much. Okay, my friend, you take care. Say hi to Chris for me, too. Of, of course. I'll take a break. We'll be back. 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. The next disaster is coming. The time to get ready is now. Make a plan. Identify meetup locations and people you'll need to contact. Put your contact list in your wallet, on your phone, and somewhere visible in your home. Build a kit. Store enough food and water for three days. Don't forget your pets. And consider buying a pre-made kit. Keep at least seven days of medication on hand. Work with your pharmacist and insurance company to secure the extra doses. Make copies of important documents. Keep them on your phone, in the cloud, or on a USB stick. Stay informed. Learn about local hazards. Take courses in CPR and first aid. And sign up for local alert systems. An early warning can give you the time you need to prepare for a fast-moving disaster. Be ready. Learn more at americares.org slash send us in. Did you know that when you make time to do three simple things each day with your children, talking, reading, and singing, you're helping to shape and strengthen their brains for the years to come? I love to look at the pictures in a book and notice little details about the characters. I pause along the way to ask my child to wonder about how they might feel. When you ask open-ended questions like, what do you notice? Or what do you think will happen next? You're inviting them to be curious. All these rich conversations help develop both their vocabularies and their thinking skills. And it's a great way for you and your child to bond and discover the world together. As a father, helping my child is the most important thing to me. Each of us has the power to create a strong start for our children by talking, reading, and singing with them from the moment they're born and help them to enter school ready to learn and succeed in life. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips, resources, and ideas on how to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, 508-996-0500. It's Friday night. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Take it easy on the margaritas tonight. Please, not not for me, for you. For you. And the Coronas or whatever... Um, Mexican style libation uh, you'll consume. It's just pace, slow and steady. All right, I got to take another break and we'll be back to finish out the hour and finish out the week strong here on South Coast tonight. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Marcus Farrow, 508 finishing out the week strong. Uh, looks like the Celtics are going to take this. Uh, looks like eh, they're up. They're up nine with six minutes left. The odds are pretty heavily in the Celtics' favor. Looks like they're going to take this. They're going to be up 2-1. That's pretty good. If they leave, you know, like Ian said, if they leave with a split, that's going to be pretty good. I think they're going to win this series. I think they're actually going to go to the finals again. Uh, Whether or not they'll win is a different story, but I think they're going to... I don't think they're going to... I don't think they'll have a difficult time getting to the finals. We'll see. I mean, James Harden... No, it wasn't James Harden. Is it Melton? Someone hit a three. So it's a little closer now. It's a five. uh, Oh, it's a five-point game now, actually. Uh, Nope, another three. Never mind. (laughs) It's an eight-point. It's an eight-point game. No, I I think this is pretty much... uh, 
I think this is it. We'll see. I'd like this to be a good series just for, you know, I don't know, the watchability of it. But I, I, I'd i like the Lakers to win. You guys know I'm, I'm a big Lakers fan. Um, I'd like the Lakers to win the West. I'd love to see Celtics-Lakers, but I think it's going to actually be the Nuggets. Um, they seem to be pretty clearly the best team in the uh, – they seem to pretty clearly be the best team in, in the West – uh, they're playing really well, and they'll be well-rested for the winner of the Golden State-LA series. So I, I just feel like they're younger, too. They look good. I, I think they're going to end up taking it. And I don't know if they'll win the finals, but I think they're going to be in a pretty good position. But that's my pick. I think I'm hopeful for Celtics-Lakers for the game, the 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 tie-breaking. Oh, 18th, uh, the tie-breaking 18th um, championship. That'd be amazing with LeBron James and his history with the Celtics, but I'm leaning towards Denver. Uh, they look like the best team right now um, with the way Jokic and Jamal Murray are playing, but that's my prediction. Uh, all right, tune in to for the weekend Warriors uh, this